We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 130. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And I'm Shara. And this is the nice fall break is ending. The nice fall break is ending now. I must say. fall teaser. I must say. (laughs) It did, in fact, feel fallish one evening. The wind was blowing. It, it was, was cool. cool in the mornings, and it was actually cool the whole my, time. My, my gardener son, who, who's got all these... <laughs> God love him. He's book smart. Out he's here. very book smart. He's got all these plants out here, and he's growing, you know, vegetables. Peppers, mostly. Okay. <laughs> Every kind of pepper known to man. He didn't like the weather, so he brought all his plants in. Because uh, they're all tropical plants. Oh. And if the weather gets below, like... 70 something or 80 they they can't survive so he brought them all in i mean we're talking they took up my entire living room i had a jungle going on in there oh my goodness it now let me guess this is grayson right yes Uh uh-huh yeah the graduate he was was very worried about his plants and we're like son you know it drops (laughs) down below 80s every night (laughs) like when the sun goes down (laughs) yeah pretty much like their their garden like people grow these in a garden outdoors they're i think they he thought winter the was green. starting because it was it was about six, six o'clock and there was a light drizzle falling and it was 70 degrees and breezy and it felt like the season was changing to me it well, really did it was almost wind uh, like wind chillish almost when yeah, you got yeah. that going on well i mean and we were talking about last week uh, both of us, you know, you had that one guy that you saw, and we both saw that says, "Well, it's going to feel fall." And it's like, I don't think it's going to feel fall. By golly, it certainly did. It did. I was so surprised. Now, we now did we hit a record low? Not we, being Springfield, like the other morning, because they were talking about flirting. You know, fifties. We flirted with record lows, uh, <clears throat> just. As early as this morning, but we didn't hit anything. Okay. Uh, I, I hadn't heard anything about last week. I usually see those come through on well, my record low ammeter, but Saturday. I didn't see it this time. The record low ammeter? I love that. The record low ammeter. <laughs> I it comes love through it. On my, it. It gives me a ding every morning and says, you hit a record low. Oh, I, I know what you're that. talking about. Yes. No. Well, well, I mean, because I know Saturday, my- it got cold in the morning. Like, yeah. Saturday, Saturday morning outdoors. or Sunday morning. Yeah, because th- that weekend, uh, last weekend, I mean, we're recording this on Wednesday, of course. But, y- yeah, I mean, we've had some cool mornings. And my mother, <laughs> I, I kept texting her. It's like, are you going to be warm? I mean, because we turned all of our, you know, winter heat off because <laughs> it's August. You're not supposed to get 50 yeah. degrees. And she's just north in the country. So she gets about three or four degrees colder than the forecasted low. 
And I think she was just thrilled out there. Now, speaking of your uh, gardener son or whatever, <laughs> he got to graduate. This was the weekend. Finally. Yes. The And it was perfect weather. You, you were requesting and begging and hoping last it week. It was perfect. I mean, you delivered. We couldn't have asked for better weather for graduation. It was it was great. And Corey, I'm glad you posted you posted quite a bit of uh, uh, some video on there for the graduation, didn't you? I did. I just posted there throwing their hats up in the air, but it was good. I mean, there were a lot of Stormdar fans there, I'm sure. But oh yeah, I mean the weather was great. I mean it was nine o'clock in the morning. So it was cold when we first got there. It because was cool you when have I first to get got there, there at seven o'clock to I be wouldn't able call to it get a cold. seat. I didn't have to put a heavy coat on or anything. But oh well, well, all yeah. of the women in our dresses were wearing sweaters or had blankets <laughs> to throw over our legs. The sun came out and it was. It once, was great. Once the sun came out at 9 o'clock when graduation was starting, it was perfect. See, I mean, that's like, what I was, was figuring. Perfect. Because it was morning, and then I was going to go out and play disc golf. And really, when, like you said, once that sun came out, then that temperature went, oh, wait, it is August. I mean, it didn't get stupid, but like in mm, the upper 70s, low 80s, but still low around 80 degrees in August is awesome. Well, it's I been mean, like that most we of sat the there week. and melted in my last son's graduation. Oh. It was in May, and but I mean, it in was on May, Friday of night, course. What's wrong with this picture? <laughs> There's something wrong with this picture. Yeah, well, I hate to say it, but this nice fall weather is about ready to come to an end, and August is going to come screaming back uh, towards the weekend. I mean, we had this nice little northwest flow going on, uh, hardly any rain. We had some showers, but uh, spotty. Spotty, yeah, and then tomorrow, uh, which is Thursday, that high, it, 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 that, that big bubble of, of, of warm air is going to kind of start forcing itself back into the midsection, and we're going to start getting, uh, you know, humidity is going to start coming back, temperatures are going to start coming up. Like, today's high was, what, like 81, 82? I mean, it wasn't that bad. It, here, here's, the, here's the problem with today's weather. Okay. Most people wouldn't think there would be a problem with today's weather. However. I didn't have a problem with it. However. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you what the problem with today's weather. We went uh, kayaking on Turkey Creek. We went up to Hollister. Uh, went Surprise. To, uh, BB, yeah. BB Highway is where we went. Oh, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Way up there. There's a little stone-looking bridge there. Um, and then we went down to the landing. Anyway, you know. It was 75 degrees out was and a cool breeze. But what gets you is the uh, the UV index was 8. Ooh. So while you don't feel hot and you don't feel like you're burning, you're baking. Yeah. And a kayak, right. your legs will burn and your arms will burn. And we just caked that stuff on. And well, I you're still, reflecting off the water, too. I still was getting a burn. Mm-hmm. But but it's kind of been like that all week. The, the the UV index has been up and down with with the cloud cover. Today the clouds kind of stayed away. We didn't have that many clouds. We've had like a mostly. It's like a mostly sunny. Yeah. You know? But uh, the, the UV index was at eight or above, and that's 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 crazy high. But it didn't feel hot. The thing you can feel the most when that happens, even though you're not hot, you can feel. Like your skin is starting to catch fire. Exactly. Like, that that's a weird feeling. Surely I'm not burning, but you are. But we were prepared because 
we looked at the Storm Darweather uh, UV index. Hey. So we really knew what to expect. Exactly. And that's what a lot of people, you just hit on something a lot of people really don't realize. If you're out on the water, the water does not absorb sunlight. It reflects sunlight. So you're out there in the middle of a, of a in a kayak or a canoe or on an open, you know, a non canopied boat or whatever and all of a sudden that sun starts coming down on you but it also is reflecting off of all those waves of water so you're getting a double dose and people don't oh, yeah. realize that even though the the air temperature is cooler and i know exactly what you mean Corey, because i was playing disc golf last week i thought my gosh this is perfect weather i'm out there playing disc golf and i didn't wear my arctic hat which is like a 10 gallon hat. i'll go into that later but <laughs> i was wearing my cap because you know i don't need all that reflection if it's not that hot. All of a sudden, my ears started feeling, you know, kind of stingy on my ears. And I felt up there. I thought, oh, that's what's happening. Even though, exactly like you said, that sun is in and out. <laughs> but you get the canopy. You start chopping up those UV, UVB rays and get those UVA rays. And that's really going to hurt you. So, Well, see, I have a bookshelf radar set up 24-7. And now I have... It's basically a computer monitor turned sideways, and the top part of it has live radar, and the bottom of part of it has our Stormdar weather station uh, real-time stats. And, you know, most of the week, that UV index has been going from 2 to 6, down back to 2, then mm-hmm. to 8, you know, with, with the cloud cover. Today, it was a little uh, on the higher end of that, but... Think about it. Think. Th- I remember uh, when we used to go snow skiing, we would just get torched in the face, just just completely red. Even though you're oh, skiing, you're skiing in the snow in the winter in Colorado, you get burnt <laughs> doing that. Exactly like not. yes, exactly like like we're saying on the water, the snow because well, it reflects off the snow. Yeah, the exactly. snow is not. There's this water reflection and stuff. So, and I have heard that a lot. That people, mm-hmm. you have to, they say, even though it's 30 degrees out there and you're skiing, you know, and you wear these goggles, you've got to put on sunscreen. And we were talking about that in our sun safety uh, episode with, with Dr. Wilbers, my Daddy, dermatologist. Hey, it's Griffin. Hey, Griffin. Can you tell, can you say hi, Rando? Say hi. Hi, Rando. He's waving. Can't wave at Oh, he's waving. <laughs> he, can't, he can't see you. He probably can you can't hear it? me. Hi, Rando. Hi, Griffin. Oh, he's waving. he's waving at me. How cool. Can you say hi, Rando? Can you say it with your words? Say it with your mouth. Yeah, so no. I can hear it? He can't no. hear you. He can't say it? <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Can you say hi, everybody listening? Not yes, do it. to all of our podcast listeners. Yeah. He probably say can't hi. hear me. No. Oh, oh wait. That's right. He can't hear he, Randy. Could yeah. <laughs> He can't hear Randy. But. Well, see, I forgot he can't yeah, hear. Yeah, Corey and Cher are having the. They're they're wonderful because the weather is so nice. They're having dinner outside on the terrace like last week. Just a perfect evening to have dinner out on the terrace. But more of a patio. Or a patio. patio. Well, yeah. it looks kind of small actually. <laughs> but they they've got little earbuds in uh, sharing small. earbuds. We, got, we just got to get close to you for your iPad. We can't. Oh, I got it. I got it. Well, and it's a perfect night. Like, the iPad's like across the table from us right now because we can't both fit in the shot. So <laughs> That's true. We like to be able to see you and you be able to see us. Well, yeah, but our podcast listeners, they don't care. They can't see us anyway. Maybe someday we'll go to YouTube and we'll do a podcast live. There you go. You know, I, I know podcasters who actually are starting to do that. They actually do the podcast. There are a lot of them live. that do them. 
So, I mean, we, we can watch them. We can figure it out. I mean, I'm, I'm getting, you know, unlimited data everywhere. All we need to do is get rid of the coronavirus so we can all get together and have guests and stuff. We'll talk yeah. about guests later. But anyway, the, the, this nice, uh, back to the title of the podcast, Nice Fall Break Ends. Tomorrow, Thursday, the high is supposed to be oh, about 84, but then Friday, the high is supposed to be like close to 90. But we're going to have showers moving in, maybe a thunder shower. And then Saturday, that furnace goes way back up. So we're back into the throws. So I'm glad you guys got to go out and kayak because, I, I mean, you can kayak even when it's 90, you know, 115 degrees outside. Well, it depends on where you go. Turkey Creek, not so much because that's hot water. You go to Tate Como and your air conditioning. There you go. There you go. Well, now Turkey Creek, I mean, that eventually flows into Taney Como, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Or, or but does it Tur- doesn't. Turkey Creek goes right into Taney Como, uh, right there across from Scotty's Trot Dock, right next to the big bridge. Okay, so it comes, bridge. Ar- comes ar- Okay, yeah, it comes around. I need to get more of a topic. I still want to get Megan Terry on here. I, I've if you're crossing it. over Taney Como from going from your house to your work, mm-hmm. it comes in right, right to your left. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, it's down by by the park. Yeah. Okay. We'll right see. Right across from the RV park. We'll see. Now I know that because right down there, Alexander Park, there's a disc golf course down there. So. Right. There we go. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. And you know, I looked at the Climate Prediction Center, thinking, okay, we have this. Uh, you know, the, the eight to fourteen day, the six to ten day, whatever they have this, and they had us all in the green. It was going to be you know wet, which we did, and then they had us all in the really blue right over Missouri, and it was really cool. And actually, from August, starting this weekend through December, all of their three-month average outlooks are above to way above normal in temperature. I didn't even look at precipitation. but Well, I mean, <sighs> we were lucky to get what we got. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. I just wish it would last a little bit, little bit longer. I mean, maybe two weeks? Give us two weeks and then right. kind of go back in. <laughs> no, but uh, no, let, I, I want to talk about... Uh, okay, we need... I've been trying to say this three times fast, okay? So so we're going to go one, I'll say one, two, three, and I'll say it once and you guys say it. So one, two, three. Isa Eas. Isa Eas. Isa Eas. I've refrained from saying that for a week <laughs> and I'm not going to start. <laughs> well, I was we watching like the Weather Channel. We had a whole day long. Isaias. Is what I say. Isaias. Well, I mean, yeah, because I've been watching it all these different places. I mean, the Weather Channel all over the place has been covering this thing. It is Isaias. Isaias. And I still don't know why they named something like Isaias. Why give it such a hard name? I I mean like Ivan Irene all those those are probably one well, retired we, ones I'm not sure. That's what I say we've oh, had yeah. those. So. Oh okay uh, okay well I'll think of one. Uh, what about Irvin? Have they had Irvin? Irving Irvin? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> that's my dad's name. Oh that's right that's right. But I mean it's gone now. I mean it kind of went around there. It, it you know it was like the big thing and then it turned into a hurricane briefly. Uh, smacked into the shore, and it kind of went down, and then kind of went back up, crossed over that threshold, the hurricane, tropical storm, hurricane. And then it just took off. I mean, once it hit, uh, what is it, South Carolina, around that, or North Carolina, wherever yeah. it made landfall, then it North just Carolina. took off. And it that is, 
it's gone. I mean, it was post-tropical yesterday and just not even there today. And the only thing, the only thing in the Atlantic, Pacific, and Central Pacific is just a little bitty disturbance, a little bitty yellow X that's, you know, several hundred miles southwest of Bermuda, and it's not going to do anything. So I guess maybe Isa E is kind of stabilized i don't know i mean they're talking about this train of waves coming off africa but i don't see wait, anything wait this week. i got breaking news oh. coming in <laughs> right <laughs> now breaking <laughs> news <laughs> okay this from the uh colorado state university today <gasps> okay they have raised their uh their prediction their forecast now calls for 24 named storms. That includes the nine we've had already. Uh, they're thinking 12 hurricanes. That includes the two we've had already. And get this, five major hurricanes. This is from Colorado State University, and they are the one of the top uh, uh, forecasters in the country when it comes to uh tropical and the uh, hur- all the hurricane center they're in agreement with this okay now let me back up i just want to clarify for everybody it is the first week of august we've been in hurricane season season since the first of june and they are talking we've had nine we went to i and they're talking about a total of 24 24 which is the second highest on record. Wow. Because right now there's nothing. I mean, I wonder if September is just going to explode. Well, you say there's nothing. But I mean, according to the National Hurricane Center, there's only that little extra. There's nothing right out there right now. That's what I mean. Right now, there's nothing out there. Yeah. But every time we have a new storm, we break the record of how early that storm came. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I was in July. You know, and if we go 24 and we're missing letters, what are we going to do when we run out of names? And this goes in this this story here that I just brought up on my phone. It talks okay. about the 24 named storms. Uh, that's an increase of four named storms. It was already 20. You know, their their, their other prediction. Okay. It, it does add three hurricanes and one major hurricane. Uh, so, wow. If they so, do have 24 named storms, they're going to run out of letters, so they will have to go to the Greek alphabet like they did in 2005. Wow, yes. Uh, wow. There have been nine named storms already. That is a record through July. Uh, then it goes into uh, saying a weak La Nina is expected to develop across the Pacific Ocean. The cooling of the Pacific waters leads to less wind shear and allows more storms to develop more easily over there. So it may have ah. an effect all over the place. So, okay, so they are expecting some kind of explosion or some kind of, uh, you know, engine rev up. Uh, things are going to start happening, basically, what now, they're saying. Colorado State is comparing this year, the, mm-hmm. the well, the current global conditions yeah to previous active seasons such as and i don't know what storms came in these years but they give five different years and they must have been very active that's 1966 1995 the year i graduated high school 2003 2005 when they had the record storms come through and and that was also katrina's year oh okay that's right that's right and they also mentioned 2017 so it must have been three years ago. 
The peak of hurricane season is on September 10th. Yep, middle of or first to middle of September. Yeah, you yeah. know the, the 2017. That must have been one of those massive, devastating hurricanes. That's what it, that was. That yeah, killed, destroyed Puerto Rico and went up and destroyed. Yeah, that's when that I was. Think you're right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, that's something to watch for. I, I I kind of expected that. You know, sometimes I was not. Oh, they always come out with a revision, but it usually goes down. Exactly. I think this is their second time for it to go up. I think this is their second revision. Come think of it. Yeah, I I, I don't know about the re, you know how how many times they revise, but you're exactly right. Every time they go, okay, well we've had these storms. Now we're going to reevaluate and we're going to go down. Whatever they're going up, so we are going to be Correct. very busy. Once I mean, I I bet you anything. This big bubble is coming back over. Going to be hotter than. Hades <laughs> over us. I mean, not extremely hot. We're not going to get in the hundreds, but we're going to get in the nineties again. That's going. That big ridge is going to be right here. Those storms are going to come up. The like you said, La Nina is causing warmer temperatures in the Gulf of Mexico and in the Atlantic, and then we're going to have wave after wave. Yeah. Wow. I'm. I, Something I, to watch out yeah, for. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not excited. I'm just kind of like, wow. I'm I, I'm kind of. Uh, Interested. Now, the 2020 storm list, the storm name list for 2020 has 21 names in it. So after 21, we have to start with the Greek. Oh, which is what, Shara? I wasn't paying attention. I've no. been chasing a three-year-old no, for the last true. 15 minutes. <laughs> no, we go, we go to the Greek alphabet. It, Just it, say alpha. Yeah. Are you talking about in the hurricane names? After right. you've used up all the letters, it goes to the... Okay, yeah, I need that. Yeah, because what's going to happen, we're going to have alpha... I mean, if we do get 24, alpha, beta, and delta, is that three, yeah. the third one? So what happens if we have a massive hurricane sometime that's named alpha, beta, gamma, whatever? So... Then I guess... Do they have to retire that? Issa, Eas. We well, they'll just go back to Issa, <laughs> <laughs> It's like, we just skipped that letter now? Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, they'll, they'll have some other name we can't pronounce. It's very... Right. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Yeah, okay. So in subsequent podcasts, that's going to be something we're definitely going to have to watch. Uh, because conditions are favorable. And I've seen graphics where there's, they're, they're talking about the wave train coming off Cape Verde. And the Sahara, I mean, I saw five at once, but I'm not seeing it now. Just like a week or so ago, I saw like a graphic that said the train is like there's five in a row. But but there's there's one point where the National Hurricane Center had this this little X that's that's the yellow X that's not going to be anything now. A few days ago, I think it was an orange X. I thought, ooh, this is going to do something. But I think what happened is it moved too far north. And when it mm-hmm. moves north, it gets into cooler water. And then you get into cooler water, and it, it it's detrimental to a hurricane. So that's not going to happen. So, wow, that's that's pretty cool. And I want to bring it. Now, this, I, I don't want to bring out this, this, this segment permanently, but we need to bring it back. Now, just for one more time. It is the pollen report again, because and we've retired it, but I want to bring it back just for one simple reason. I have had to be taking my antihistamines. I have been blowing my nose. My throat is scratchy. I've been coughing. 
Not the corona. Yeah, our 13-year-old has been driving us oh. crazy all week, sneezing his head off at night. Yes, and I'm thinking, okay, this is the middle of summer. We shouldn't be having anything. So I thought, you know, right before the podcast, I was going to check and see what the pollen report is. And lo and behold, we got some stuff out there. <laughs> so is it ragweed time yet? Surely it not. It is not ragweed time. No. no. The, ragweed is when I get bad. Yes. Uh, what, what's happening out there now, basically the main pollens are grasses, which obvious, and plantain, which are those big old bananas. Well, no, I don't think it's plantain. Plantain's like a plant or something. I don't know. But I hate I hate when I have to mow over those things. I know those big old bananas. <laughs> but anyway, here this is this is to my surprise. I want to read this. This is the five day allergy outlook for brand this is specific for Branson on pollen.com. You can go to pollen.com, go right to Branson and everything we're looking at now. Today it's a seven, which is medium. Tomorrow on Thursday, seven point two, which is medium. Friday, 7.8, which is medium high. Saturday, 7.7, and Sunday is down to 7.1. Now, we're talking medium to medium high. No wonder I'm sneezing and my throat itches. I mean, I know it's not, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I know I don't have a cold because my typical allergy, I, I don't know how everybody else's allergies come on. I know because the very first thing that happens with me, my throat just barely starts itching. It's like, okay, then I start scratching it. And then it gets appeased. And it's like, ooh, you're scratching it. Then it starts going up to the roof of my mouth. And then it starts going into my eustachian tubes. And if I don't stop or if it doesn't stop, then it goes into my sinuses. And I start sneezing for about five minutes. And then uh, I'm done. So it's weird how allergies work. Maybe that's something we can talk about from a nurse uh, medical standpoint next time. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not, but all that stuff's connected. It, I know. Your eyes, your nose, your throat. It's all it's connected. All one big section. It's all connected. You know that that's funny. You said that because when my wife and I actually because it was uh, uh, it highly contagious. We had conjunctivitis, which is pink eye. Uh, we had that. She got it, and then of course give it to me. And and our optometrist thought it was really cool because not not really cool, but what I thought was really cool. What my optometrist said is these drops that you put in, they go in the corner of your eye, but they also go down into your nasal. They go and they, they it's everything's connected. And that's why if you put certain drops in your eyes, you start tasting them after a while. It's like really interesting how that whole system is up there. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. See, that's, that's why I wonder if you put antihistamine drops in your eyes, if it will affect your nose. I don't know. Don't put anything in your eyes that's not made for your eyes. No, right. Yes. Only no, don't put don't <laughs> no. I course. accidentally put eardrop eyes drops in my eyes one time. I, and how'd that turn out? I carry eye drops because I have a syndrome that causes me to have severe dry eye. Oh yeah. So I carry just regular saline drops all the time to oh, put yeah. in my eyes. And I guess one of my kids had an ear infection or something and so I was carrying eardrops too. <gasps> no, Oh, man, that first drop hit my eye. I was at work, and I was, like, on the ground in tears. It hurt so bad. It oh, took... no. I was flushing and flushing, and it was, like, hours. My eyes were still burning. Don't do oh, that. Gosh. No, and they even say on the bottle, you know, only for ears or only for eyes. <laughs> no, I didn't read. I just grabbed the bottle in my purse. Well, and... you were probably up for, like, three days straight, too, going, I don't know. I just got to put it in. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> 
Well, that's the tropics and the pollen. Uh, we're going to be sneezy, but uh, let's see. The only thing we need to talk in this this block here is about the drought. So, Corey, I mean, you, sh how's the drought going? I, you know, it has a. We didn't get a whole lot of rain. Uh, <laughs> no. Oklahoma got a lot more rain than we did. Let me bring up my stormdarweather.com drought uh, report here. Yes. The drought page. And th but, th uh, then I have a beef after we're done with this. I have a beef. So go on. Oh, do you? Okay. Not I with lost you. My drop page. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm confused. You have a beef? What? Yeah, not not with you guys. No, I will get into that we, later. I want to talk can we about do this drought. at a different time. Not no, during the podcast. No, no, at, no. After the drought. <laughs> after you talk about well, that, Branson, I got beef with you. Missouri, we're still in the abnormally dry range, you know. But up in Springfield, they're already in in, in a D1, which is a moderate drought. Now this last and Thursday, right? This is last Thursday, okay. the, uh, July 28th. Now a new one's going to come out tomorrow. Yeah. Uh. I don't expect a big change. Do you? Not, Not a really. Huge change. No. I mean, maybe maybe placement will be a little different, but no. Right. I think still we're still going to have some D ones out there. I think Branson. Honestly, I, I'm not sure what our weather station recorded, but it wasn't. I think it was under an inch. So that's not enough to bust a drought. And so, I mean, we could be approaching D one um, again. I would. Yeah, it's tomorrow. We're, we'll have to talk about that tomorrow. Maybe we should record on. Well, this is the only evening I have off in the week <laughs> to do this. But yeah, tomorrow is. It, they come out on Thursday, like you said, Corey. They they do the assessment on Tuesday, but it comes out on Thursday, mm -hmm. which makes absolutely no sense to me. It's like it takes that long to color in the map, I guess. Oh, because they have oh. other people coloring in the lines right. and they oh, yes. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So we'll we'll see tomorrow if Branson is in anything, but uh, okay. So, before the weather school, I want to I I got a beef. And you may be with me. How about know. how about those flash flood watches? 6 to 10 inches and 4 to 7 inches and 4 to the 6 thing, inches in heavy. Is, the thing is when you said that just now, my little iPhone earbud, it sounded like you said flashlight watch. How about those <laughs> flashlight watches? No. And no. I, <laughs> even when you texted me about the flash flood watches, when you do your speech to text, oh, it always gosh. came through as a flashlight watch. I know. I remember that. Uh, I, I don't know why. Random you, know, you know, some, some people like had a one in 500 year flood. So True. it's just... It's just one of those things. In a two-mile area, I mean... It wasn't that widespread. No. Well, around here, the lakes and everything are getting low. We were having to drag the boat, some of the, some of Turkey Creek. Yeah, we were. Dra drag last the kayak. Week, last week, we did not have to drag. This it week, was, we had to it drag. It was high, and we were having yeah. to drag. Now, we it got was, something. It was more normal. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful for something, but I mean... And, and I, what flagged me was last week when we were doing the podcast, when they, when they were saying, oh, it's... You know, we looked at the WPC, Weather Prediction Center. They do the rainfall forecast, and it was like 5 to 7. Ooh! And then the next day, it was like, oh, 6 to 10. Oh, they've come up. So we've posted it. And then the next day, it's like, oh, 3 to 4. I'm like, okay, now wait a minute. There are way too many inconsistencies going on here because... When the Weather Prediction Center is consistent, maybe five to seven or, you know, five to eight, and then is consistent, I get more excited. But towards the end, I was like, you know. You know what I think it is? Uh, what? Well, you know, the moisture was there. 
There was moisture. Oh, the moisture up. was there. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, totally. I think this thing and these rainfall outlooks are too computerized. Does that make sense? I totally understand. Yes. It doesn't have enough human interaction or input. And if one thing changes on the algorithm or mm-hmm. one little to one little degree, it totally changes the it can totally change the entire outlook. Day to day to day to day. And that's from, exactly from, what from, it did. From update to update, which is, you know, twice a day. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, when I saw 6 to 10, I was like, oh, my God, 6 to 10 inches? We're going to do it? And I'm like, okay. But then the next day was down to 3 to 4, and I'm texting you going, um, okay, my confidence. And, and even the National Weather Service in Springfield also said there's way too much inconsistencies going on. I mean, and, and they, they said that in their AFD, their discussion, which was very fair. That's very fair. There was, and we saw it, and they saw it. It's like, eh. uh, so, I mean, the flash flood watch, yes. And part of it is, is that big low pressure system just set over Kansas City and spun and spun and spun and spun. So, I get it. And 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 in their defense, okay, in the National Weather Service defense, when you have one of these, what they call a cutoff low which means it's not steered by really anything. It's just kind of sitting there doing something. It's literally impossible to make a solid, accurate forecast because if they're cut off, they could sit there. They could draw in moisture. They could meander. They could do retro. They could go backwards to the west. They could go whatever. So, I mean, in their defense, I get it, but, I mean... I'll check during the weather school just to see exactly how much rain we got total, but I bet you anything it was like an inch or less, I'm thinking. Because we just didn't, down here in Branson, we just didn't get much. Yeah, we didn't get much so, at all. But, okay, now now let me backtrack and flip the other coin there. Didn't they up in Lowry City get like 10 inches <laughs> or something? It was like insane. It made the national that's news. There, that's up there pretty close. I believe that's in the... Uh, is, is that in the uh, Springfield? That's not in the Springfield uh, County Warning Area. It's more like Pleasant Hill, Kansas uh, City, right? I, uh, it may I, be on I, the, I don't it's, know. It's on the edge, no matter yeah. which office it's at. Yeah, it yeah, way north. I mean, if you don't know where Lowry City, Missouri is, just just go Google it. It's like kind of, it, it's way north of, of, of Polk County. I mean, up, it's up there. Uh, Close it, to Appleton City. It's way up there. You drove there one time for a job. Yeah. I thought Appleton you City. and you'll miss it. Oh, yeah, really? they're tiny little areas. They're tiny little Eminence? areas. Eminence? Two and a is half it? to three hours. Eminence is from oh, no, that's east of here. Okay, so during Appleton the weather school. Appleton City is a tiny, tiny little town. And they literally had no cell phone signal. I remember that. Well, they probably only had one tower for the whole town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. the night I was there, I was the only RN. Oh, gosh. In the entire town. In the entire hospital. <laughs> well, that, that she was, was in charge. It and, was me and, and what's weird is you just graduated nursing school. You were the uh, boss. Yeah. <laughs> I just graduated. I had been a nurse about a year. But she year had to drive like four hours from Branson to there to work one night, but they paid her well. Well, no, that, that makes sense. That makes total sense. But that's how far it is. But the Springfield DM or CWA, I call them DMA. That's TV. That's TV, TV language. <laughs> yeah. CWA, you know, it's it's pretty good sized. I mean, it's not small by yes. any means. 
No, no, it's huge. It's huge. Uh, and like I said, I, I made a note. I'm going to go in there in Lowry City. So while we're doing the weather school, I'm going to check that out and give you more information. So uh, actually, let's just get to the weather school now. Um, I thought I haven't played this. I think I played it once, and I thought it was so interesting. Uh, it, they're, they're, Shara, do you know what fire rainbows are? I'm going to guess the rainbows that form due to fly fires and stuff but yeah, uh no no, no. so uh i don't know what a fire rainbow is no okay well we'll explain during the and weather i don't school. even remember what a fire rainbow is because it's been oh. so long well okay we've talked about them well here's something here here's something here's the term i should have made this i think this was a, a weather word of the week at one point it's called a circum horizontal arc Still means nothing. Oh yeah, it? yeah. So that's what you. That's what you're. That's what we're. That's basically what a fire rainbow. And it's okay. really cool. Well, see, anyway, this weather school explains what all they are in fire rainbows and circum horizontal arcs and and really cool stuff. So <laughs> let's get to that. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. There's a really cool rainbow in that cloud. There's no rain in sight. What could it be? We've talked about parhelions, or sun dogs, on a previous weather school, but there are other situations where rainbows in clouds can occur outside of rain-producing clouds. To recap, the sun dog is a member of the family of halos, caused by the refraction of sunlight by ice crystals in the atmosphere. They typically appear as a pair of subtly colored patches of light around 22 degrees to the left or the right of the sun, and at the same altitude above the horizon as the sun. They can be seen anywhere in the world during any season, but are not always obvious or bright. Sun dogs are best seen and most conspicuous when the sun is near the horizon. If there are two sun dogs, one on either side of the sun, then that's called a double parhelion. Fire rainbows are neither fire nor rainbows, but are so called because of their brilliant pastel colors and flame-like appearance. Technically, they are known as a circumhorizontal arc, which is an ice halo formed by hexagonal, plate-shaped ice crystals in high-level cirrus clouds. The halo is so large that the arc appears parallel to the horizon, hence the name. Two special circumstances must exist to produce a fire rainbow. One, cirrus clouds must be present. They are the wispy clouds that exist in the high altitudes where the air is very cold. The low temperature up there means the clouds are made up of millions of hexagonal ice crystals. Two, sunlight must pass through the cirrus clouds at a very high angle 
greater than 58 degrees to the ground. The rays of sunlight striking the clouds' crystals create an effect like sending a beam of light through a prism, but multiplied by millions. Here's why the fire rainbow happens. Sunlight passes through the vertical face of the ice crystal, but is then bent downward or refracted through the crystal's bottom face toward the ground. Circumhorizontal arcs should not be confused with iridescent clouds, which can produce a similar effect. While circumhorizontal arcs occur only in cirrus clouds, iridescence often occurs in altocumulus, cirrocumulus, and lenticular clouds, but very rarely in cirrus clouds. Iridescent clouds are a diffraction phenomenon caused by small water droplets or small ice crystals individually scattering light. Larger ice crystals do not produce iridescence, but can cause halos. If parts of clouds contain small water droplets or ice crystals of similar size, their cumulative effect is seen as colors. The cloud must be optically thin, so that most rays encounter only a single droplet. Iridescence is therefore mostly seen at cloud edges or in semi-transparent clouds, while newly forming clouds produce the brightest and most colorful iridescence. Circumhorizontal arcs, especially when only fragments can be seen, are sometimes confused with cloud iridescence. This phenomenon also causes clouds to appear multicolored, but it originates from diffraction, typically by liquid water droplets or ice crystals, rather than refraction. The two phenomena can be distinguished by several features. Firstly, a circumhorizontal arc always has a fixed location in the sky in relation to the sun or moon, namely below it at an angle of 46 degrees, while iridescence can occur in different positions, often directly around the sun or the moon. Secondly, the color bands in a circumhorizontal arc always run horizontally with the red on top, while in iridescence they are much more random in sequence and shape, which roughly follows the contours of the cloud that causes it. Finally, the colors of a circumhorizontal arc are pure and spectral, more so than in a rainbow, while the colors in cloud iridescence have a more washed-out, mother-of-pearl appearance. Confusion with other members of the halo family, such as sundogs or the circumzenithal arc, may also arise, but these are easily dismissed by their entirely different positions in relation to the sun or moon. More difficult is the distinction between the circumhorizontal arc and the infralateral arc, both of which almost entirely overlap when the sun or the moon is at a high elevation. The difference is that the circumhorizontal arc always runs parallel to the horizon, although pictures typically show it as a curved line due to perspective distortion, whereas the infralateral arc curves upward at its ends. Polar stratospheric clouds, or PSCs, also known as nacreous clouds, from the word nacre, or mother of pearl due to its iridescence, 
are clouds in the winter polar stratosphere at altitudes of 49,000 to 82,000 feet. They are best observed during civil twilight when the sun is between 1 and 6 degrees below the horizon, as well as in winter and in more northerly latitudes. They are implicated in the formation of ozone holes. Due to their high altitude and the curvature of the surface of the Earth, these clouds will receive sunlight from below the horizon and reflect it back to the ground, shining brightly well before dawn or after dusk. Another interesting phenomenon is the sun pillar. Sun pillars also belong to the family of halos. They form from flat hexagonal plates, which tend to orient themselves more or less horizontally as they fall through the air. Each flake acts like a tiny mirror which reflects light sources which are directly above or below it, and the presence of flakes at a spread of altitudes causes the reflection to be elongated vertically into a column. The larger and more numerous the crystals, the more pronounced this effect becomes. More rarely, column-shaped crystals can cause light pillars as well. In very cold weather, the ice crystals can be suspended near the ground, in which case they are referred to as diamond dust. So, if you look up and see a rainbow in a cloud, then you will now know that it could be several things. A sun dog, an iridescent cloud, a sun pillar, or my favorite, a circumhorizontal arc. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And there's everything you should want to know about circumhorizontal arcs or fire rainbows. Yeah, they have nothing to do with fire. Uh, they're just really cool, and it, it just go Google them. I mean, uh, that's it's. They have cool pictures. Google fire rainbows and just uh, uh, hit images, and you got it. So there you go. Well, it's time for in other news, and I think we have a lot of in other news. Um, the Perseids, our yearly Perseid meteor shower, uh, is next week. I think it's August 11th. Around August 11th is when they come in? They peak on the 11th and 12th. Now, they've been going on for a week now already. Oh, no and kidding. They last, they last to the end of August. It's not a short time span. It's like a month long, but, but the peak of it is the 11th and the 12th. Gotcha. So don't be surprised if you're walking out and you see a, a shooting star, because that's probably what you're seeing there. It's the Perseids, yeah. You can you can you can see it from anywhere in the northern hemisphere. As so long as there's no clouds, you know, the clouds <laughs> will clear out of here. The best time for, view, for viewing is after 10 p.m. and until sunrise. Mm. Now, after midnight, you have to watch out for the moon uh, because it's going to rise after midnight on both of those peak nights. So you have to be careful with that. The uh, yeah, it's the pretty best full lately. Going to be without the moon, of course. Uh, right around between 10 p.m. and midnight. So not too late. So you can actually go out there and watch them with the kids if you want. Well, I tell you, I got a story. I'm sure you've watched them. I, I, this is a story. You know, every 
parent, grandparent has a special story. My kind of grandson, Logan, who is going to be on the podcast at some point once everything is cleared and, you know, hopefully with all of us, um, when he was like nine or ten, he would always come and visit in August, and we would go have grandpa-grandson bonding time sitting out on my east patio in little lounge chairs and watching the Perseid meteors because that, that, that's just, the Perseids are really special to me. And I think that's so we fun. Just, we used to just lay on the sidewalk with the kids growing up over in a Meadow Ridge. and we. I remember that being really cold, though. Really? In August. No, well, this was, well, there's Illyrians, but that's in December. My wife is cold in August. Uh, yeah, Sharon's she cold all cold the time. She was cold on the boat today. So, you know, once you get I this. I wasn't cold on the boat today. I was cold on the way to the boat. Oh. Oh. We it need blood breezy. thinners because those like heat you up. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah. It was August because school was getting ready to start, and I was like, "Man, I hate having these kids out so late because they have to get ready for you know they have to adjust their bodies to get back into back to school time. So oh, they right. Need to go to bed earlier. Yeah. But you know, we let them stay up and watch those. But uh, you want to look to the northeast because the meteors appear to be coming from the northeast. Perfect. So yep. uh, it's uh, be good good times. Hopefully, we can be rain free on the 11th and the 12th. Uh, boy, I hope so. I mean, now I've got a little convention—not a convention, but a little. Well, I guess it is kind of a convention. I'm going to this weekend, but I will be back in the area uh, next week. So uh, yeah, yeah. Don't come to my house and take stuff because I got people watching this house, uh, <laughs> and I got alarm systems. So there you go. Uh, yeah. So uh, next week is today's the fifth. Okay. Yes, I'll be. Yeah, I'll be back next week. Maybe next yeah. Wednesday. That's what we should all do next Wednesday. Come over. We'll have the podcast and we'll go and just sit out on the east patio and look at the Tuesday meteors. and Wednesday will be the peak. Perfect. So, yeah. Perfect. There you go. So there we have it. Oh, I must say that Logan saw a lot more uh, meteors than I did. Now I wonder if that's a nine or ten year old mind, but uh, oh. <laughs> you know the kids always see more. Better eyesight. Yeah. Well, could, now I'm talking ten years ago, so I wasn't near as old as I am now. Uh, okay, so you got something, Corey, over there? Uh, I don't know. Do you have something, Shara, over there? Well, Shara's got some wacky weather wisdom. You gonna do some of those? Aren't you doing another news still? Yeah. Well, oh, can. this is all in other news. Yeah, this yeah, is all. This in is news. All. I'm still researching one of them. Oh, okay. Well, to find, I just, you know, tells me the weird weather fact, but I'm trying to figure I out. I thought why. we should. <laughs> dive into a little bit we're, we're gonna you know not hit every point that happened but dive into the history of the springfield national weather service office just oh i like a that bit. okay haven't we done this before i don't no. think so no. sounds familiar well they posted an article a very detailed article about it it's very interesting if you want to go to their website and read it or follow along and i'm not going to hit every point because it's long Mm-hmm. Uh, when do you think the earliest known weather observation taken in Springfield is? I mean, give me just a, 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 a year. Throw a year out there. I don't know when 1895. Springfield became a Springfield. 1895. That I don't know. The earliest known weather observations taken in Springfield were during the period from July 18. 
57. Oh, wow. To April 1858. Now, what kind of measurements? Did they have like a sock blowing in the wind? No, or it's the weather rock. Oh, yeah, wait. Well, well yeah. maybe. Well. They, they were in the Ozarks back then. <laughs> yeah, in the weather rock, yeah. Really? Now, the location is unknown, but the records are in the Smithsonian Institute right now. From Springfield? From Springfield. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was 40 years too uh, too late. I, I figured because yeah. that's the National Weather Service only been around for like 100 and what, 40, almost 140 years. Well, they didn't. They, they always say official since official records have been taken, which is like 1893 or 5 or something. Right. Like but you're talking about like the first ever in Springfield. Correct. Now, wow. other weather observations are, cool. are, are known to have been taken in Springfield. In uh, from 1871 every year until 1883, but those were not taken on a full time basis. Ah, okay. So, regular weather observations in Springfield were begun by the Signal Corps, which is part of the U.S. Army. It was the very, very, very first what was to become the National Weather Service or Weather Bureau back then. It was the okay. Signal Corps of the U.S. Army. I need to do the branches of NOAA next week, yeah. And this was back in 1887. God, that's a long time ago. The forecasts for the Springfield area, they were received by telegraph from Washington, D.C. Yeah, yeah. From the chief, from the chief signal officer. Now... For weather changes or warnings, they they displayed flags. Oh, that's cool. I never heard of that. No, they didn't really have warnings back then. I mean, they had they had. Well, hey, is this that could where happen. we get like the flag system they use on beaches? Red flag uh, warning, probably. Is, well, no, like, for, like uh, well, she's talking about the hurricane and the the gale warning stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, anytime yeah. though, like, that would if make you sense. Go to a beach, if yeah. it's high wind or if the current is too anything, they there's flags that tell you if you can get in the water or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the know. gale warning, and yeah, it's sure. These flags were displayed uh, in parts of the city. And the Globe Clothing House was the earliest business to erect a flagpole for this purpose. I don't know where the Globe Clothing House was, but it was in Springfield. Of course, wow. That was right post Civil War, you know. Now you're talking 18, wait, 1800s. In the 1880s. Oh, okay. No, no my mother would not know that. I wonder if. Uh, and my grandmother's Globe, not here, so. I wonder if the Globe Clothing House owner was not. A weather enthusiast. We could have had him on the podcast. Oh, of course. Of course we, we could. Yeah. We, we, well, huh. we missed that opportunity. Very so. interesting. How about that? Now, they also had uh, flags displayed at certain industries like ironworks and places that worked outside. So they kind of knew what to expect yeah. in the next coming days. Now, in 1892, they began the daily issue of a weather map, which was received by telegraph from Washington. How long did that take to get from Washington? I... Well, I, I know. I know. And see, that's covered in our branches of NOAA uh, in weather the 1800s? school. <clears throat> the forca- the oh, yeah, way a long time ago. And then in, yes. yeah. in 1893, forecasts for the area were prepared in St. Louis and telegraphed to the Springfield Weather Office. Because it used to be Washington D.C. and then 
Yeah, All so maybe, yeah. All correspondence by Sergeant Collins, who was the head of the Signal Corps. Oh, I know him. Was in, was in longhand until May of 1895. Did you know him? Yeah. When a new typewriter was received. Oh, yeah, we know him. Wow. We met once. <laughs> but they didn't have, yes. but they probably had, more, like, Morse code, you know, like, yeah, dee 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 dee, or tell in not the teletype. They started yeah. mailing mailing forecasts. Yeah, how goes. accurate is that? Uh, well, well, uh, hey, back then, you know, you didn't, phone, you, didn't, you didn't have a phone. But you didn't have a phone. You didn't have anything. You had that pony. Then by eighteen ninety nine, they run real fast. <laughs> those forecasts that were mailed were being posted daily in all streetcars across the city. Oh, so they were broadcasting it, basically. Oh, how cool! See now, none of none of this you're saying is on the branches of NOAA, so that's really no. cool. No, it's not brand. No, oh, this is. Oh wait, it's, keep talking. Okay, because I, I uh, have a weather school on this. I want to play next week. Think about anything in particular, or in, just uh, yeah, on yeah, January twelfth. No, how, how it? I mean, how it came out. Yeah. On January twelfth, we're in the nineteen hundreds, nineteen oh three. Uh, John Hazen, who worked with the Signal Corps, now got to report to the uh, chief of the U.S. Weather Bureau with the following message. I have the honor to report that this office is now equipped with a new home telephone, which was installed on January 1st. This is... And has been working satisfactory, satisfactorily until since the 7th of January. So in 1903, they had a, a phone installed at the National Weather Service. They basically. had phones back then? I was going to say, when did the, I didn't think phones were around till. Well, if you're the government, you have a phone, I guess. I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah. Ooh, Nathaniel Taylor became weatherman in charge in 1905. I need to... Maybe you were related to I him. need to see... I need to do some... Uh, Research Maybe on this that. weather things in your blood. It might be. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. By 1908, 71 weather maps were being distributed daily in Springfield, and 69 outside of the city. Cards with forecasts were being mailed daily to 170 locations <laughs> in the city and 36 outside the city. So they kept the printers busy every day. Those well, that's dot, all they had. Dot matrix I mean, printers. Yeah. That, yeah. Then printers were a big deal. In 1923, the, the Weather Service's first, of course, they weren't called the Weather Service back then. They made their first uh, weather forecast over a radio station. WIAI, owned and operated by the HERS department store. HERS, my mother worked I for hers. HERS. Yes. I used to love HERS. Oh my gosh, yes. We had a HERS in Miami. We, we did. We used to shop there all the time. Now they have the Hearst building, and now it's like a loft apartment or something like that. Oh, it, it's Springfield? Oh, it's all messed yeah. up in Springfield, yeah. How cool is that? So You need to send this to me because I can make a weather school out of this particular thing. So text that or email it or something. I'm going to go. Later. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Uh, KWTO began weather broadcast yep. in the 20s. They're still around. So, Sharon, uh, what's KWTO mean? Call letters, the K. It is, but but the but they have they, they have a, a phrase. Something. They have a phrase for it, it which is. Uh, you remember what it is, Corey? I do. Okay, I I'm, mean, I'm, I'm broadcasting. Old. Yeah, that's true. You would know. 
Sherry doesn't know. Well, I like history and broadcasting history, so I know all all that yeah. kind of stuff. So it's Keep watching the Ozarks. Yeah, KWTO. Oh, okay. I sort of say the K has to be in front of all of them. So yeah. I was just trying to think of Right. Well, WTO. that's why they say keep. So then they just do but whatever. they throw the, yeah. By the early 1930s, as airway observations began, personnel of the Weather Bureau office, which is called the Weather Bureau now, mm-hmm. began a slow increase with a total of four employees. Oh, my gosh. In 1932. Gosh. The inaugural run of pilot balloons or wind observations began in 1939, in May of 1939. On January 1st, 1940, old airport temperature records were made official. Oh, how cool. That's interesting. Yeah. Also, in 1940, KTTS began weather broadcast direct from the Weather Bureau. So, Shara, what's KTTS stand for? (laughs) Some kind of country station around here. I don't, I don't know that. I don't know what you they're standing for. Oh, you don't for, know that one, Corey? I mean, I... No. Keep tuned to Springfield. Oh, no, I didn't know that one. I yeah. just know they're basically KTTS. They're basically marketing slogans. Yeah, it, they're, yeah, they're just slogans. They don't really mean that, but anyway, go on. Right, I just thought that was cool because I'm older than now, you which, all. Now, <laughs> which... Uh, who was... I think it was KWTO. The head of that station was... Uh, had something to do with starting the College of the Ozarks. What's the oh, what's I have no the idea. Uh, what is the the museum named at College of the Ozarks? Something Foster. Ralph Foster. Okay, oh, okay. he started. He was he was uh, instrumental in early Springfield broadcasting. He started all these stations. Oh. And you can go read all about him at the College of the Ozarks museum in there. Okay. Okay. How cool? No, I did uh, not know that. Well, and ninth, March 28th, 1957, weather surveillance radar was commissioned. <sighs> mm. S-W-S-R. Weather surveillance now, radar. And then in 1963, a f- facsimile map recorder began operation, replacing hand-plotting maps of the station. So it took a while to send a faxes back then, I think. I know in the 70s. Oh, probably. It, it took, had to go through that, like the it phone. It took a long yeah. time to send a fax back in the 90s when I was working well, in an they office. They had facsimile back in the 70s at higher end companies. It took like 18 minutes to send half of a page, but they could do it over a standard phone line. Holy cow. 18 minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In 1968, the station name. Weather Bureau Airport Station changed to the Weather Bureau Office. In 1970, ah. September 4th, 1970. See, we're getting in the, we're getting into the my my time of birth here coming up. Okay. Ra- radio song observations were begun at Monette Observatory. Yep, there you go. Monette. We talked and about this last week with the radar. And telephoned so to Springfield WBO. Later, they were received by a Xerox telecopier. Hmm. Okay. And in 1970, the Weather Bureau became the National Weather Service under the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Or NOAA. Now, did you, did, where were you in 71? Um, I was eight. Not a twinkle in my daddy's eye. 
I was not eight. I'm to you. I know, I'm just saying. In Springfield? I'm old. Oh, yeah. Were you in Springfield? Oh, yeah. Born and raised in Springfield. Yeah. Okay, let me uh, let me rack your brain on this one. I won't know it, on, but yes. On December 14th, <laughs> okay. 1971, a tornado, which began in the immediate southwest area of Republic, cut a swath through the city of Republic, moved directly northeast to pass over the uh, weather... Uh, office in Springfield at 11.25 p.m. Central Standard Time. The entire terminal building received considerable damage. You were eight years old. You wouldn't remember that. No. No, I didn't really start getting into weather until I was like, I mean, in, into the whole thing till I was probably like 10 or 11. I mean, may, maybe, that, one, maybe that was the, the start. I don't know. One cup. You know what an anemometer looks like? It has two cups and yeah. it spins around and around and around. Yeah. One three, cup was, three, actually. Well, three, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one cup was blown from the anemometer, even though the anemometer was about 1,000 feet from the center of the tornado path. Wow. The, the barrow, barograph, barograph? Barograph, I really, uh-huh. I don't really call it that anymore. I do. Dipped abruptly... To a station pressure of 27.52 inches. Whoa! 27? Oh, that means the tornado went right over the, the, the station. Oh, my gosh, yeah. yes. Yeah. No, it's like, remember the barrel where it would it would turn like the barrel and there's like a little thing, like, like a seismograph thing? That's the way barometers mm-hmm. used to go. Yeah. Gosh, I'm old. <laughs> So and, much older. And it than says, Robert Kerr and Henry Kyle were on duty that night and were not injured. Good. So, and then it goes on into uh, let's go to the eighties uh, and nineties just just real fast. And uh, from nineteen eighty to present it starts with nineteen eighty nine. Maps, paperless maps began. It was all wow. starting to be on computer. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and then it tells the new people that come on board. I don't recognize any of the names, but uh, in 1994, the Weather Service office moved to its present location, and that's near the airport on Highway EE. Mm-hmm. Division. Yep. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> they hired a weather coordination meteorologist. And I believe he's still there today. Is that Steve? Well, that's who it is now, and that's who it was. Okay. In the in 1997, and this is only three years before that, so I assume it might that be. That might be Steve know. Reynolds. Yeah, could could well, be. That's who it is now. That's who I, it yeah, is now. it's not Doug. I know it's Steve. And Mike is in Cleveland. Our buddy Mike. We need to get Mike back on the podcast too. On November 16th, 1994, the dome was placed on the WSR 88D. <clears throat> And it went into commission in uh, on September fourteenth, nineteen ninety five, and uh, that's the last thing is on here. So m- mid nineties is when that our radar that keeps breaking and going down. Yeah, well that that was okay. commissioned. But of course, the reason it keeps going down is another podcast. <laughs> yeah, but that's it's another. Been, podcast. It's been updated since then. <laughs> yeah, well they they all have. Yeah, so we'll talk about do. See, I've got to get that other radar. Weather school up because things keep changing so fast. The weather school I have on radar is so obsolete; it's just pointless to 
to do. And I see it on there. I just need to really research it and do it. Yeah. Now, what you just said was a wonderful weather school. See, we I are. I know. I was like, that was a whole weather school. That was a weather school. I could. Yeah. So, are you reading I didn't that? Even do, I didn't even do three quarters of it. Well, oh, weather school should be like five there. to seven minutes. So. <laughs> That's like a whole podcast. Anyway, no, go it's on very site, interesting. It. Yeah, you can look it up. It's pretty cool. Yeah. What 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 site is it? Uh, well, they posted it on their Facebook page. So go to their Facebook page this week or today or this Who? morning, and they posted Who? a link to it. Springfield National Weather Service. Oh, okay. Oh, then I, okay. Because normally I, I, I'll I'll add that into the uh, uh, description of the podcast. So if yeah. I if I can find it, I'll, I'll I'll post it. Sweet. Well, Shara, during all that, have you had a chance to find some wacky weather wisdom over there? I don't know how much wisdom I have, but okay. Well, wacky weather stuff then. I'm trying to okay. figure the alliteration. Okay. <laughs> I have a couple here. Okay. One, which you probably already knew, the wind doesn't actually make a sound. What you hear is it blowing up against objects or now that makes know, sense the whistling and stuff if it's going through buildings yeah, or just moving air itself is just it's just moving yeah interesting so if you're standing out in an open field and the wind is blowing you're not going to hear anything unless it's hitting up against stuff ah cool this one i could probably argue it says the fastest speed a falling raindrop can hit you is 18 miles per hour which sounds painful if you think about not aided by any wind or well, downdrafts or tornado. And then I'm thinking, you know, yeah. have, you ever, have you ever ridden a roller coaster in a rainstorm? <laughs> it's painful. <laughs> yeah, but you're, that rain hits you very fast. Well, so is I, that without any any air or any help coming from the sky? This says the fastest speed of falling raindrop. So if it's just falling, just so if it's uh, just falling, okay. Uh, that is National Geographic. Okay. Well, yeah, because it's not hail. Hail can fall faster because hail is ice, and ice is heavier and denser. Well, right. But, but just an actual, just an actual rain. raindrop. Just thinking, Interesting. But even what if you were in a hour. microburst and all that air coming down, that air is moving faster than 18 miles an hour. And that right, air but that would be that aided up. by the That's air, though. Right. That's not just a raindrop. Correct. Yeah. Okay, this Interesting. one I had, to do some, I had to do some research, and apparently this has happened multiple times but okay in july of 2001 the rainfall in kerala india was blood red I've heard Ooh. That okay it didn't say it didn't say why it just said it was so i'm like okay i want to know why so i looked into it apparently they're not actually certain of why like there's some theories like they studied the water you know they sent it to labs to see what it was made up of because at first people thought, well, it's probably from such and such volcano that erupted, you know, 24 hours ago. It had no volcanic makeup, chemical makeup in the rain. So they were like, Weird. no, it can't be that. Okay. The only thing is that it could be from Saharan dust. They said that it did have Saharan dust in it. But it's mm. actually happened a few times and they can't, they actually haven't like pinpointed why it's so red. It's just, I bet they've it's got wine. theories. There's multiple theories, but it's got to be wine. It, the, you it, know, it could be blood. Well, it could be. Like, I don't think it's going to bleed year, all year, over what India. What year this has happened? Well, it happened in the 50s. Well, there's a lot of air traffic over India, and they could hit the birds. The last time it happened was true. July 2001. <laughs> but oh, it happened many interesting. times before that. Well, you know, if, any, if anybody knows anything definite from that, 
email us at stormdarweather at gmail.com and let us know. Yeah, I was trying to skim really fast. I didn't have time to really read, but there's pictures of it, and it's really creepy looking. Because whole puddles and stuff are just like big puddles of blood. Well, I got something for you guys, and also for our listeners, if they know. uh, This is from my mother. She texted me earlier, uh, because I I actually asked her a question. I said, anything you want to add to the podcast? And here's what she said. She said, uh, the only thing was the yard is full of baby bluebirds right now. So I guess there was a hatching thing going on. And she said, and baby frogs are still in our little playhouse. So I, I guess they hatch. And she said, the frogs are green, but one went to the top of the door and it, it was then brown. It's like, how do they do that? So my question is, are, are the frogs changing or maybe Aren't they somewhat like lizards they can adapt with their environment to hide well that's yeah that's what she said next she said i know lizards change to you know for their environment but frogs and i was like well how close are frogs and lizards to, together I mean, I mean i would think they would have that same type makeup to where they can maybe that's change it. colors so if any of our listeners know uh if frogs can change color as Really, email us, stormdarweather at gmail.com. It's real simple. Let us know, and that way we won't have to do it. And we will uh, say that next time on the podcast. We'll, we'll answer that question. So, anyway, that's just kind of my, I mean, y'all had more interesting things than, than that. But, you know, frogs can change color. I don't know. Uh, frogs can only the real poisonous kind. I, I sort of say there are some frogs that literally that's what they do is change color. It's just change but, color. Oh, but they're not. But not they're the not, ones from around. I here. never hear about that in the Ozarks. So oh. I would think the ones from out here, around here, it just yeah, it's just a defense mechanism. So that could be. So mom, there's your answer. Who knows? <laughs> okay, so it's time to get to the next segment. It's the weather word of the week. It is the Stormdar Weather, Weather Word of the Week, and we're tossing it again to Shara, because she's smarter than me and Corey. Uh, so, <laughs> so Shara. Not weather. <laughs> <laughs> what is the Stormdar Weather, Weather Word of the Week? All right, I have help. I have a Okay, we got, we got Gr- Griffin is lap, helping, so. yes. <laughs> okay, I'm going to guess. Aronomy. Like aeronomy, like because I'm thinking arrow. Yeah, aeronomy. It's spelled A E R O N O M Y. A E. Okay, so aeronomy. So what does aeronomy mean? The branch of meteorology that studies the upper regions of the Earth's or other planetary atmospheres, specifically their atmospheric motions chemical compositions and properties and interactions with other parts of the atmosphere and with space. Cool. That's one of them sentences when you get to the end, you have no idea what you just said. It, it, well, exactly. Yeah, it's just a study of, of but I, I'm guessing it would be air because A-E-R could be like a, you know, English spelling or, you know, A-I or something of, of the outskirts of the atmosphere, uh, but still in meteorology, uh, upper regions I mean, of the earth are pl- arrow is space too so. yeah yeah so up there and but it's not just earth i mean they're talking about like you know the 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 upper things of other planetary other things. planetary atmospheres yeah yeah chemical compositions and but see i wouldn't i wouldn't put that under meteorology i put that under like either yeah, astrology or something you know planetology um atmospheric i don't know 
Yeah. If but, you, I mean, I guess since it goes into the atmospheres, then... Yeah. It's a branch of meteorology. That Yeah, that's what it says. So, <laughs> who knew? I have no idea. Boy, this podcast has been full of fun and entertaining and informative stuff. And it's so funny because when I was making the whole the whole outline, it's like, I don't have much. <laughs> We've been all over the place. We have been, uh, yes. And you guys got to spend a nice hour and a half, two hours outside in your balcony. And neighbors getting upset because Corey's talking loud. I don't know. I don't know how loud you are. Standing, there's been a couple that were standing on their porches a minute ago. Oh, no, no kidding. <laughs> I could love us looking over across the street. There was one standing on his porch looking at us. Oh, Maybe God. he was listening to the interesting weather information. Probably so. That's probably. not be? I know. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat during that presentation of Corey's. <laughs> Look, looking at your wild weather wisdom. I don't know. I find it very interesting. It is. It That's was the local weather history. A lot of information. Oh, I, well, I think I it's even, fascinating. I didn't even touch on it. It uh, was so much stuff. Yeah, and, and you texted me that link, so I'll put it into the podcast description. Uh, people can go and see the whole thing. But, it, yeah, anything that has to do with the National Weather Service. And I've got to go back and see. I've, I've made two notes here about uh, the branches of NOAA and how that all came about. But you said a lot more. A lot more than what's in that podcast. Of course, the branches of NOAA, NOAA or NOAA are so vast and so broad. I mean, they don't focus on any one particular thing. So that would be kind of cool to bring back for next week. So. Cool. Well, I think uh, what we need to do is just uh, get prepared for some more hotness coming up uh, this weekend. I mean, we've got another day. Cher of- is always prepared for that because oh, she lives with me. Go. Oh, well, you know. You thought I was going one way, and then I turned it around on, you know. Okay. I almost commented because thinking you were going to go one way. Yeah. Well, Sharon and I like, both I'm knew you were going to go that way. Corey so. is always prepared for hotness. <laughs> uh, that's true. Well, that'll give you another excuse but, uh, you, but to but go. Usually it's just, but usually it's just very, very cold. Okay. <laughs> but see, I'll give you another excuse to go out on the cold, tainy coma water and kayak for I, a while. I would live out there if I could. Yeah, every morning yeah. I like I barely get my eyes open in the morning. He's like, "You want to go out on the water?" Your girl's like, "Let's go, like, let's go." <laughs> can I open my eyes and like get the blurriness to go away first? For He's even got I all the kids do, in the I car. Try something. <laughs> okay. I wanna. I just want to take all three of our phones. Yeah. And tape them to our arms or tape them to our chests. <laughs> what? Okay. What do you? Okay. Take them on a kayak. Take, take yeah, on a kayak. Take I'm looking to, to see if I need to on. edit this podcast. We're, anyway, we're gonna record each each. I can set like, each phone up. This? I can set each phone up to be a microphone. Mm. That way, we have three different tracks, and we can record a podcast while paddling down Taney Como. Oh, how just cool! This, just one segment. I think it would be so cool. That would be fine. Take our listeners on a little trip oh, right. down Taney Como and explain what we see and. What's going on in the temperature? I mean, it's just fun, fun, you know, to go it on the should road. Be. And... But, no, you should do that because that would be something fun to do and have in the bank in case we need to take a week off or something. Oh, yeah, I could sure. Play. I it, today, oh, yeah, we discovered I, I like... that the branches that hang over the water look like regular branches. But if you bump them, billions of spiders go running. If you want okay, to screen. so you just... Squash my avoid innate, the trees yes, that are hanging I, no, over the water. No, if there's spiders, that, I am that, not going. That, that's Creek. 
We're, we're talking it, was, it was it was creek and i was looking for snakes i was watching for snakes well the kids saw two snakes don't bother me any. we bumped the branch you don't get any of that on teeny coma though went flying you just get nice cool water and yeah if i'm in the middle of the water boats. i'm good in the yes. middle i'm and good and if you're on teeny como you're pretty safe as long as you don't except get. for that one alligator <laughs> yeah he was a baby. Bingo. We were out there that night and didn't get to see him. We were right there in the vicinity. And oh, everything. darn. Well, you know. Turkey Creek is a little too swampy for my taste. What's well, all the turkeys? Well, you said spider, so I'm done. I am there done. There were tons of kayakers today. Yeah, it was busy today on the lake or creek. Creek. There's a, there's a new <laughs> kayak rental place right there on Turkey Creek. Uh, right as you go across the bridge in Hollister. Yeah, they're in that Turkey Creek. What is so, it, the village? Or a lot of people, that's probably lot where of I see. Yeah. yeah, I because I, mean, so I, I I'm going to like e- either Lowe's or Country Mart or you know Harder House or somewhere on that back, going down through Hollister. And I always look up. There's always about five or six kayakers just you know launching. Well, if you at look that off point. to your left as you're yeah. going towards Hollister yeah. from your house, right off that bridge. You'll yeah. see it there, just on the edge, and that's where you guys you guys go in. Wow! So if you're ever in Branson, I mean, our podcast listeners, if you are in Branson, you you will know where it is. But if you ever come to Branson, Turkey Creek uh, Kayak Rental is, or is that what it is, or what is it? I, I believe so. Don't remember what it's called. Okay, I have to look that up. Well, message us if you it, come it, in, it and we'll somebody, show you where it is. It has Turkey Creek Kayaks in the title because I saw the sign today. I can't remember if it has Turkey Creek in it or if it's yeah. just called something. No, I saw the sign today. There you go. Well, we know what you're going to be doing this weekend. I'll be at my my conference, and uh, life will be good. So we're going to be moving a kid to college. Oh, we'll have to talk about that next week too. <laughs> yeah, I may have to. <sighs> Missed that one. I'm going to be too busy bawling. No, no, don't do that. We don't want any like bawling on the on the. I podcast. was going to celebrate. Mom, <laughs> That's what Mom dads do. This week. It just like hit me this week that he's leaving and well, about uh, lost it in the middle of graduation. Oh gosh. Well, again, next week we'll we'll cover that on the podcast next week, and we'll we'll make you cry on the podcast, and everybody will be so sentimental. Well, that's 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 true. <laughs> well, I think it's almost time to to close this session. You got anything else to share, weatherwise, Shara, over there? I think I've said enough. And said enough, Corey. You got anything to add? Nope. More stuff about the National Weather Service. I could. No, <laughs> don't tempt him. We'll put that in there. It's okay, late. I'm ready for bed. <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. It is late. Oh, it is late, isn't it? Well, fun podcast. So I think it's about time to wrap this thing up. So be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather, like our page, and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through a Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website and our merch store at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. That sounded that sounded just like the guy that sneezes. <laughs> I'll see you. <laughs>